the gravel and start the round table zone. Okay, I'm getting a little bit of a static in my phones. That's why I'm getting the not having a direct feedback. Oh, you, I, I, I'm not hearing a feedback on your line. But uh, that is because I have it on the speaker. Let me turn it down and see if that'll be better for you. Okay. Now, it's starting to clear up. I think it's on my phone. Okay. Uh, are you able to do it off the of- You want me to pray? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. I'll do that. A lover, why, lover, why, lover, why? A roomy lover, why, roomy lover, why, roomy lover, why? If I be a baroque code, if I be a baroque code, if I be a baroque code. A roomy love be a baroque code, roomy love be a baroque code, roomy love be a baroque code. A regular day, they take who get day. A regular day, they take who get day. A regular day, they take who get day. A be a mokee, bake a momo corridor. A be a mokee, bake a momo corridor. A be a mokee, bake a momo corridor. If a lolo need for lolo now for lolo to impale away. A roomy alone, Joe Merino Sadaye. Isha Orivame, only Monto. Only T. Risha Yafu me, Monto. Mojuba Saju Notoriana Latiberi, Falolini Notori Naki, Kifa Shea Tito Funa Kil Kilwa Shea. Bobo Wantil Joko Tifa, Aruni Tiela. Divine and merciful Ludumare. Arumila, Larry Pinia Bikajel Ludumare. To the Arumile Arisha. We give thanks and praise that we're able to come today and share with each other information and holy scripture of Ifa to be able to impart to those information so that we will be able to uplift ourselves and educate ourselves in Ifa as well as in the problems that we want to come to this table and solve. We thank for we are thankful for each and every person that is here and for Eawolf Ifalola and her being able to bring this type of forum to the forefront. We're grateful for all the guests. We're thank you for just the safety and life for all. This we pray in the name of Ifa Ashe. Ashe. Thank you, that was magnificent. Thank you, thank you. Is a day on. I do pray, I do pray, we are here and we are excited and we honor the Queen Mother there and we are so excited and we greet your ancestors with Ayo, Alafia, we greet your Ori, Asheo. Thank you so much. You are quite a queen mother and just have an extensive history of all kinds of uh, practices. And I love the fact that the drum started you off. So give us a little background <laughs> about you. But, you know, I lost my phone, so that's like my lifeblood. All the stuff oh, I, I understand. Is not here. 
So the spirit said that you will share with us all of your extensive experience as far as mental health and how we can connect that and we're we're definitely honored. Well, thank you for inviting me to come. Uh, In terms of background, yeah, I started out as a child, as a kid, really, um, in this tradition back in the, and I'm dating myself, in the early 1960s. And that was actually in Chicago when um, Chief Ajamu had, um, he and some others, to include Chief Metahochi, had a, um, a place on 31st, and at the time it was South Park before it became uh, uh, King Drive. And it was a temple there, and they called it Ile Fe Temple. And the thing that drew me there was they were playing, they always played drums on the weekends. And I was actually a uh, runaway. And I didn't have any place else to go because if I went home, I was in trouble. So being drawn to the drums and being also drawn to the Africanness of it was the most important, I believe, the one of the most important steps in my life. And that's where I started in this tradition. Okay, wow. I say. So, and, and you are connected to traditional Ifa uh, through those energies, but you also have connections to Nigeria, to the United States. You have godchildren worldwide. You've given an award by the German Ifa Association for your practice, and, you know, it's just been you've just been doing so many exciting things and then we can move in and shift into how do we uh really look at healing wounded people especially oh, from absolutely. absolutely. Um mm-hmm. part of uh, the thing that I I have over the years enjoyed from my spiritual ministry, but also from um, work experience, uh, because I also um, I have a, a background from, as you say, as in mental health. I'm a mental health counselor, but, um, and I was in the doctoral program, but uh, my background is in mental health. Uh, I've worked in the correctional facilities in Chicago and in California. Um, One of the things that I love that connects me from a work background, mental health, is EFA, because EFA is the most important healing um, and indigenous tool that we can actually use in the healing of our people. And what I'm finding is is that um, the more that I work as a mental health counselor, the closer I actually am in working as um, as a priest. 
Uh, we're doing or just finished doing a um, program at Empire State uh, College in New York um, for African-centered family counseling with using EFAs and indigenous tools. And using counseling skills and techniques as well as using EFA in as a practice is is really a healing mechanism that can be very innovative and help to uh, change the scope of how we see illness, mental illness, in our own communities because we're not usually uh, prone to being uh, have a healthy view of mental, not only mental illness, but even in dealing with the mental health care uh, institutions. Right. Because, you know, whatever we uh, in our history, they didn't pay it any attention. We never were valuable. This century, we are valuable people, and that's what we need to take advantage of, our ability to stand up and say, oh, no, that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. But we also have to raise the awareness of how we're going to do that. You know, what's, what type of tools are, are are we going to use in order to help our people do that or to empower our children? I say, I say, so that's the path. I say. So some I'm of the things. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. You know, some of the, you know, some of the things that we, as a diviner, um, I look at specific odus that may fall that can tell me about what that person is in front of me, um, if they're having a problem in this area as well, or if they've been, uh, if there have been issues of violations in their life or anything like that. Those things come up in the in, uh, in divination. Yeah. So that's that's another element that we can look at. That's a diagnostic tool to give you the medicine that will heal whatever is the problem. Yeah, if I always if I is if if I as it says, Larry Pena Bicadero Mark. If if I can turn, tell the the or change the day of death, it certainly can heal a mental health, a mental illness wound. Is how to go about it. What are the 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 rituals? What are the necessary tools that we have in order to do that? Yes, Hashem. So that's some of the things that we really want to look at, too, um, is comprehensively to be able to do that. And also I'm looking at um, how do we, as um, particularly as practitioners, how do we, as practitioners as, as women practitioners, how do we go about making those type of uh changes in our community, how do we go to and help to heal people that come to not only to us or refer to us, 
but also introducing this into the community as a whole, especially yeah. when there's a direct aversion to uh, even talking about things that have been sexual abuse, uh, uh, intimate partner abuse, any of those areas that there are violations, racism, how do we deal with that from, from an EFA perspective or even a Orisha perspective? I think that that's something that that's a larger um, topic of conversation that we actually have to get into since we are practitioners. Right. So part of that is is that I guess that's the question that we actually have to ask now is how do we do it? You know, uh, one of the things is to raise awareness in our communities uh, and to get general conversations, table talk. That's right. Okay. And if we're getting those kind of conversations, how can we also um, give those people that are hurt a place of safety where they know that they are mentally, spiritually, and physically not going to get hurt? What about children? How do we, you know, we do we ever uh, talk about what are the mechanisms just for a parent that if they suspect that their child is hurt uh, or has been violated or anything of that nature, what will they be able to tell that child? How can they give that child a place of safety? To heal that betrayal, you know, that scar is so deep. That's a betrayal. Oh, absolutely. The thing is, is that adults do betray children. They betray each other. So, again, when we're dealing with children, especially children who do not, uh, are not always able to communicate, one of the things that's interesting about children is that adults can use words to communicate. Children don't use words. Children use play as a way of communicating. Mhm. Yeah. And and with that, we have to as as parents, as practitioners, that's something that's key that we need to know about children. Right. Then all you if you uh you can't raise your voice at them you can't um, badger them into an answer. You actually have to watch and observe and allow them an opportunity to come to you and tell you what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And to do some key things like play with them and let them show you through their play what's taking place in their life. Mm-hmm. Very effective, yeah. <coughs> I do play. So some of the, you know, that's just one way of making awareness or raising the level of awareness in our community is just giving information. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you 
you repeat that? I'm sorry, I was distracted. Well, that you know, we got statistics too. God knows I got too many of them. Mm. Right. <laughs> but you know, we are looking at in um just in in the United States. You know that you have over what is it, over seventy thousand cases mm. of um abuse just for children. Mm. Okay. Terrible. And so <laughs> that's that's an extraordinarily yeah. high number. So you're looking at thirty percent of sexual assault cases that are that are actually reported. Um Thirty-nine point, let's see, no, nine point three, are, are maltreatment cases of children as of two thousand twelve, and so mm. we know that this is two thousand fifteen. So the number is much higher than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's information that people should know. Yes, thank you. They should know that. Especially for those who believe it doesn't exist anymore. Well, you know, she and Day, you said on the other show, yes, you said on the other show that the statistics for sexual abuse has risen. Yeah, those, yeah. Actually reported cases. Yes, it was 60% and actually the last, I think, five years. And um, I was absolutely uh, disgusted with that, especially we or those who are in positions as priests, as healers. Um, I hear people would say it doesn't exist anymore, but it does, and you just can't get over it. And I say that over and over. There is a process of a retrieval and an extraction uh, that must take place in order for the soul to be one with its destiny. And we're thankful for Ifa because uh, there is an antidote. Ifa is the best doctor. And um, we give thanks for the Ia here who has uh, dedicated her life. I'm a baby and I'm still healing, as well as very eager to uh, see to it that this is eradicated from the thought process, if that is all possible, we would like for it to be deleted from the human thought pattern because to abuse children, uh, that's a demon. You know, that's a bad egg on, and it needs to be it needs to be dissipated. It needs to be alienated, gone, depleted. Well, you know, one of the things that you can look at with that is, is that, you know, um, the one thing that, that I've heard all my life and, and some of those anecdotes that I I heard my grandmother and mother and other women of their generation tell me is you can't unring a bell. Mm-hmm. And the the incident happened. What you have to find is the power that that incident doesn't have power over you. That's mm-hmm. what Ephi brings to the table. It's... If the, these are the things that happen, they have not stopped. They're going to still go on. We're still looking at um, how many women are, are now publicly. We have all up and down Facebook about women who have been killed by the police. 
or have been sexually assaulted and different from the military um, and to other places that, you know, schools, other places where things are being taken place, not just girls, children, boys. Yes. So we have to look at it. It's an awareness that's being pushed out here, but how to heal from that. We look at if we can't unring a bell, then what we have to do is use different uh, techniques that we have in hand or in our toolbox that will allow us an opportunity to um, make that imagery lesser and lesser in the mind of how much power it has in your life. So in other words, if you have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, there's a great possibility, or ASD, uh, you're going to have a greater possibility of reliving these things over and over again. What we're trying to do is when you're in treatment for this, then what you're doing is doing different things, different techniques, psychological, therapeutic, and or ritual that will help to lessen the impact of or you reliving that over and over again by bringing you to the present. Okay. And the same thing even with children. So these are elements that we have to work with. We have tools. Let's learn what those tools are and start to use them. And what the first and foremost one is the awareness. Mm-hmm. And after that, I mean, we can start to talk about in our community how do we get to work with or re- how do we work with the spirit of the head, not mm-hmm. just the head, but the spirit mm-hmm. of the head, and allowing that energy to be a, a integral part of your healing of self. Because Ori is your first god, according to our tradition. That's it. That's it. So with that, I think that that's the area that we can actually start to talk about in in terms of um, for people who are in the uh, Ifan Arisha tradition. What kind of work do we do mm-hmm. uh, in getting that ori to flower and relinquish the pain of being hurt and abused by someone yeah. that's trusted? Danny, I do pray. That's true. And the process uh, of retrieving the innocent. Uh, you know, well, I don't even know whether it's innocence, but it's a retrieval of trust, you know, uh, getting yourself back on target with perceptions for reality. Mm-hmm. You um, know, and it, it's hard. It is. There was um, an incident uh, just to kind of do the um, blackout of names and stuff, but, like, I have um, 
I had in in well, it's been over five years. So, but um, when I start looking at uh, children in relationships, and I also start looking at families, um, when a child sees their mother hurt by by husband, friend, or anyone else. What happens to that child? Because they also, too, can have trauma from that event, and that's something that we have to take into consideration, too. And the thing is, is that um, there's a, there's, Conflict, there's trauma to all parties and families that we need to to start a a open dialogue about how do we stop allowing certain things to take place in our own families mm-hmm. uh, and as if they're normal and start to openly talk about they're not normal when there's intimate partner abuse because it impacts not only the husband wife but it impacts tremendously the children mm-hmm. well it teaches children um, that there's no that here in this space there's no safety so there's, you know, there, that's just some things that we should look at in terms of how, you know, that's just another le- another level of, of things that yeah, we should yeah. look at. The children become the product of the environment. That's what happens. Well, yeah, they do, and, and some don't ever come out of it. One of the things that um, if we're just talking about abuse in general in the family and what that that child or children may have experienced uh, one of the because it, it creates um, confusion it creates anger in the child. They feel helpless. They begin to sometimes have self-esteem issues um, if we don't know how to, maybe then uh, some some level of training of other priests about how to recognize these problems and to intervene. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that when they see problems like this that come into their purview, because um, I've I've had it. I've had it where families look very, very normal, come for a reading for the family, and if I tells you uh, through the specific old do that, oh, she's getting beat every day. You know, mm. And they have one face for the community, and they have another face in the house, and the people are terrified. How do you work with that? Mm. As a priest... And our intuitive nature, because that we also have, and then we're also working with a highly metaphysical system. And so part of it is is absolute truthfulness on the mat 
of saying exactly what the problem is and expose it. Okay. Okay. Uh, sometimes, as as priests, we as we and priests and diviners, some diviners don't want to or don't know how to say things clearly without. Um, uh, I would call it uh, spiritual epitaphs of. Uh, Spiritualism and and hiding words under other words, rather than saying, "Is he beating you?" Mm-hmm. Exactly. Are you children afraid? You know, and I mean, it's it's basically sometimes straight talk will help, and then there's sometimes straight talk might not help. But you have to actually utilize your intuition and your compassion and benevolence to be insightful into a situation that may be unfolding in front of you. That's it. But straight talk leads to straight action. And I try to uh, balance it by uh, allowing, especially if it's a family reading, allowing Mm -hmm. both parties to, you know, uh, listen to the reading. And if necessary, create a little joke or if they have conflict or whatever. But, you know, basically, once you tap into truth, it starts to come out from the different clients mm-hmm. on the map. Because once people get in there, you know you can't lie. Yeah. Or if you lie, you that easy state, and there's no working with someone who is closed to the process of change and healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, in an environment like, you know, if you're you're doing this from um, a shrine room or a consultation room uh, with Ifa, that there's that energy that that Ifa and the Orisha present metaphysically that will start to press the issue about how to bring this out. But one of the things that you want to make sure of is, is safety areas, too. If there, if you're on the mat and you feel that this person, that one of the people there is not safe and that the, there's a person in the room that's making them not safe, then you can couch things in a way where, uh, they're, you know, that you're not inviting any kind of negative response or volatile response. Mm. Right. But if you can and you can, um, for especially for a child, placement is highly important because you have to pick the time and the place very carefully for that child. Um, you want that conversation to convey um Safety, uh, comfortability. Uh, you want them to. You don't ask them about abuse in front of the abuser. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the mama is the abuser, you don't want to talk about the mother being. Did she hit you? And no doggone well, this child got to go back home with that mama. Mhm. Okay, yeah. so we have to be really, really conscious about that. And then also 
um if we're looking at it we can uh we can look at it in another way cuz like for me uh if it's around if for me I actually have to if I suspect or I see bruising or anything that is inappropriate I'm a, I am cited by the state that I actually have to report if I see someone jump on someone someone out in the street or hit a child out in the street, I actually need to report that person. Or like if I'm in the grocery store and someone, and I know everyone has had that experience because we might have even been participants in those experiences where you see a woman who is unable to control her child, she decided to she's had enough and she's going to beat him to death right then and there in the grocery store. Sometimes you actually actually have to call the security people and tell them that you need to talk to this lady here because that's the appropriate thing to do because we're, we're actually here in America, and that's what happens. So, And sometimes people do not feel very comfortable about doing that, but if we're trying to eliminate abuse or violence, amongst our, our children, our, our women, our family members, our, even our husbands, our boyfriends or brothers and, and, and nephews and all, then we have to start somewhere. We have to speak up and say, you can't do this. So one of the other states, yes, yeah. I said, I say. <laughs> I, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, you know, um, one of the do not ask, um, there's a, I, I think I have, and maybe if um, there's a um, raising awareness about sexual abuse, that actually is on the Department of Justice's um, website and uh, the national, it is the nationals. Um, matter of fact, I have some call letters for it, um, which is the NSOPW. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of information out here, but I think that what we actually have to do is um, start to push that information a little bit more into the community. The other thing is is that um, I was trying to see I have um it's about actually being realistic in, in dealing with children, too, and about their personal rights, and as well as teenagers, because you're finding that there are a lot of teenagers that are uh, getting into compromising um, positions, and they don't know how to tell you about it mm-hmm. because they feel that they're not going to be heard. So, again, part of the thing that we need to do is to let people know 
let our children know, our teenagers know as well, that we're there, we're here, we're open, we're listening to mm-hmm. them. We have to be on top of our profession to know when to make a um a concerted effort to bring two people to bring the family back together. But that's stranger stuff. Um I I have um, not been uh, privy to uh, people's interactions for a while in, mm. in the street because I feel like if I run into an inappropriate situation in the street, say a woman beating her child or whatever, and she's out of control, I will probably do what you did, you know, get security to address it or whatever. But it depends on the abuse. I I may may libel the call to people say, y'all need to get over here, 911. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's the most appropriate thing to do. You know, how do we stop violence ever in, in our society? And it begins with one person. I say. So, um, you know, um, we also start with, especially with children, uh, with talking to them about um, inappropriate touching, uh, teaching uh, your young children about their own body parts and that their body parts are private, uh, that nobody, you know, they don't. They shouldn't look at them. Nobody, strangers shouldn't look at them. And they should also, if they feel uncomfortable, say it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel bad. So sometimes you actually have to tell them, uh, show them, and teach them how to uh, be able to be free to say and also to tell you. That's you know, that's very important, uh, teaching children that you're that safety zone and that um, there are things that a person cannot and should not ever do to, to you, that child, and they need to know what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, rape, abuse, incest, and National Network, How to Protect Your Child from Sexual Abuse, um, that also, that's on the uh, Department of Justice's uh, website, if anybody, you know, and I'll send you uh, a copy of all the stuff that I have on raising awareness about sexual abuse. They have a cute, um, actually, excellent cartoon that uh, Oshun Ede put on the the page. I don't know if I shared it with you by observation, but it's on my page and it's on her page about Uh uh, the Indian, uh, India did a sexual abuse cartoon, which is an excellent 
tool to use with kids to identify it. I think that one of the problems that we have, and I want to redirect it to the secret, because, you know, we operate under, in our community, under secret. You know, you can't tell things, and that's a part of that slave uh, shadow, the post-traumatic slave syndrome, is the fact Mm -hmm. that... um, you know, we can't tell things because if we tell it, we get in trouble. So maintaining that childlike mental status, you know, and we have to break free of that so that our children will live safely, safely in our home, you know, because, um, that you know, Parents that are participating in uh, something, you know, that is not appropriate or whatever. I don't know. I'm thinking in my mind these women that are putting their babies on full blast Facebook and, you know, dancing with the porcelain and stuff. I know these babies are gifted, but not that you should put it on your page and share it with crazy people. Mm-hmm. A lot of crazy pedophiles on Facebook. And oh, they absolutely. to be children. Yeah, they do. That's why I was saying about uh, there are, there's a website specifically for that that the Justice Department has. I get alerts um and we also have to watch our children on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, that's highly mm-hmm. important, and to know exactly uh, who they're talking to and what they're talking about. I think the, even though I had a funny about one of the most embarrassing things that I did do, uh, my great-grandson uh, was on the computer, and um, he was talking to someone. And I just automatically assumed that when I saw it, you know, because it came through, um, it was on YouTube. And it came through and the kids were talking about, they actually were talking about blowing up stuff for this particular cartoon. And uh, it's like a Minecraft game and they were at different levels and uh, they were having a conversation but they didn't real. They did not know because my grand, great grandson is very. He's very bright and very mature for his seven years. And I had to get onto the computer, blast off on everyone, <laughs> remind them that this is a kid. You can't talk to him. Get him off and ban him from the computer for a while. Okay. Okay. Um, and have that, you know, have that conversation with him about there's sometimes people that are on the Internet that are not safe. Mm-hmm. And that they're not kids, but you think mm-hmm. they're kids, and they're asking you questions about you. And the minute I saw, because I'm monitoring what's going on, and and I'm like, no, this is inappropriate. And I reported them to YouTube. Mm-hmm. I see. 
Mm-hmm. So you have it's, it's back to being very vigilant. Mhm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'll share you know, another thing too. One of the don'ts that I have had underlined too was do not overreact to information. I missed that. I had missed that lesson at first. And don't panic. Don't criticize or blame the child or question the child with demand details. Mm-hmm. Those are just things that we don't do. When we're, when we're discovering either someone is trying to uh, or has, has uh, touched them inappropriately or spoke to them inappropriately because even speaking, Inappropriately is is wrong. That's it. And and just the idea that um, our families, although we have um, moved away from a lot of the control. The media still is controlling so much of the mindset that even, like, conscientious mothers may be lost in not knowing what's going on with their preteens because they're mature and they think they're, you know, fine and whatever. But that Minecraft, I've seen it, and it's... um, you know, it takes them to so many different levels and they make things, and I like it for the engineering and stuff like that. But um, that online stuff where they get to talk to different people and all that, that really is abuse. Absolutely. I, you know, I found that um, with that, even though after my I had uh, sent taking him back to his grandmother's house, um, they were still trying to get in touch with him. And uh, the thing of it is, Minecraft is is, uh, a a game that actually has adults, kids, teenagers in it. And is played all over the globe along with some other games. And so, like, that's something It's like when the kids are on YouTube or if they're on Facebook, one, anything, I, in my feeling is, is any child that's under under the age of uh, 16 shouldn't be on there anyway. Um, but they are, okay? And that's also how they, they communicate with their friends and stuff. But, like, it's always to be very mindful of what's going on with kids on social media. Uh one the I gave you the the don't. So here's the do so I can get that out my system. Uh for children. You know, listening and staying calm is extremely important if you're going to deal with a child because you don't want to give off the impression that they've done something wrong. Okay. And want to respect the child's privacy and their potentiality of fear and uncertainty about telling because 
predators tell kids, I'm going to kill your mama, your daddy, I'm going to hurt them. And that's why, you know, or other things like that. You know, to put the fear in them when they, you know, at the end part of that, that uh, mesmerism, because before then, they're not they're not insinuating anything. It's usually after they have committed something already. Um, you want to always express love, support with with words and gestures that means you know and shows warmth and loving relationship between you and that child to help build that trust and that bond between you and the kid. Um, You want to explain that they've done nothing wrong and to help them understand that this, if they have been um, violated, that it is not their fault, it's the offender's fault. Uh, Assuring the child that they can come to you at any time um, day or night, whenever, you know, and they don't have to tell you anything right then and there. You just want to assure them that, you, you know, that you're there for them. Um, the other thing is, is if you suspect anything and you are that person of that caregiver, then you want to make sure that that child has a medical, um, they have a medical, uh, Exam, and that the appropriate social service agencies and organizations, as well as law enforcement, have been notified. Um, as as practitioners, we should take. We really should need. We really need to take on the role of counseling appropriately and knowing how to. I say, as true, yeah, that's very vital. We have to be the advocate for the child. Right, absolutely. We, you know, the thing is, is, and then we also, that's just with children, you know. We actually have have a guideline of how we deal with adults as well. Anyone that has been violated, you know, what do you tell your sons? How do you help them? You know, their sexual abuse of of boys. In in America now, there's a growing, mm-hmm. growing number of women who are sexually abusing boys and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And that's something we don't talk about, uh, but it is abuse as well as other types of abuse. But that's something, you know, what I'm what I'm talking about is actually taking the taboo off the conversation so that we can get to some real serious healings in our communities when it comes to just this, this subject matter. Mm-hmm. I'll share. And then from... Yes, you know, uh-huh. I was just saying we have to get to that point <laughs> where we understand our role as priestesses and priests is to, you know, comfort and heal the child's energy. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we can't um, we can't make uh, errors that will keep the child in the same situation. Because a lot of times, you know, people don't want to be bothered with something, so they refer it to somebody else. I know this is in the mental health practice. And they refer it to, they have no cultural connection, so they don't understand what is going on. Mm-hmm. Well, don't we have um, um, a responsibility uh, for those that have taken on the the role of um, as that indigenous priest in in the community, whether that's uh, on on African soil or or here in the diaspora, there's you know our our job is is no different from any other ministerial uh, person, unless we uh, if if we're service priests. And I think I need to make a distinction on that. Because there's a difference between service priest and being just initiated. Mm. Okay. Because if you're initiated, sometimes that initiation is for uh, the ashe of that Arisha to, or Ifa to help you grow in your development and Iwai in in your career and other aspects of your life, and you're not necessarily in the process of training to be a service priest. Service priests learn how to uh, not only divination, they learn um, and have skills in, in the medicines, um, the away, the ogoons, uh that are made from that, the aquashes. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're trained to uh, not only in divinatory tools but other aspects of of divination, of understanding the intricate um, aspects of the verses and knowing how to unravel those encoded messages of Ifa and of Orisha. So there's a distinction between service priests and and initiates. And so like with that, um, if if your career goal here in the diaspora is to be a social worker, and you're also initiated to Ifa. This is a great opportunity to utilize that Ashe to make inroads into the community to connect people culturally and with that indigenous tool. But it may not necessarily be your role to be on the map with people as well. We all have different roles, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's different roles. So that we can work those different roles to our advantage in in healing, because a social worker is just as important as any other priest, any psychologist, any pharmacist, any teacher. You know, they're all important roles. Is to find which one is going to be the best to help us do what we need to do in order to heal our communities. And we got a long way to go. So with that, you know, um, 
Yeah, you want to look at some of those areas too. Well, what direction do we want to go in with that? You know, um, I'd like to see where we're going to go in terms of uh, just Ely to Ely, temple to temple. Um, how can we help, you know, help temples and priests of those temples? Would that, you know, would they like to have uh, any type of training just in those areas? And we could always make that available to them. There, people would be surprised to know that there are actually grants out here um, to help bring information to any organization. If you can, like the Department of Women, um, you actually, I think it's you have to have 100 people or more that's guaranteed, and they teach you how to write grants. They teach you how to, there's different programs that they're able to, you know, to teach. Uh, but you, all you have to do is guarantee 100 people to be there, and the program is free. So the different agencies are able to come out and help to talk about. You know, those are things that are available too. If you want to educate your people, then maybe it might be uh, two or three ELAs get together and have someone from an agency come out and talk about things like this in order to at least give them a hands-on, this is what to look for, abuse in this area, and have question and answer periods for them. Yeah, that's well, that's, that would help, too. You know, just if, if you know, because in, in, you all are down in what, in Atlanta? I'm in Chicago now. Yeah, you're in Atlanta. Queen Mother for Real is in Atlanta. Yeah, Philella is in. I think she's in Atlanta. Um, yes, yes, she is. Okay, so yes, you're in Chicago in now? Yes. I am yes, in Atlanta. I am okay. in Atlanta. I had to be on because I didn't want to, the background noise is too much sometimes. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is that there, you know, there are so many different resources that will help to forward that that any group can uh, partner together in order to get information out concerning this, and also for there are um, other larger groups like the Black Psychologists Association, Black Social Work Association, that I'm quite sure would be more than helpful in bringing information to the community to help them identify uh, problems in the com- in, in our own circle so they at least yes. be aware of it, you know? Yes, thank you so much for that information. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So now, let us uh, open up the line for questions and, you know, I if you have any questions, or if you're living with an issue 
One of the reasons that we have a lawyer online is because she comes with the skills and abilities to assist with those um, kinds of situations, and I know we all run into them. So even to um, share um, your information and how people can reach you would be good, too. Okay. You want me to give it now? No, I, I, not okay. now. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> I was just <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on. I'll ask her to think about where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the, I know the feeling, but um, you know, our concern is so deep with the um, the child sexual abuse and how it's been corrupted by living through slavery and still holding on to those infantile kinds of control issues that the slave master created for us to be. And, you know, my um, heart goes out to all the women and adult men and the children who have been abused because it does, as your grandmother said, once the bell is rung, you can't go back there. It does leave a fatal kind of perception about how you brought that energy to yourself, you know, and Mm -hmm. how can you trust the world, how can you, you know, have a good relationship with anybody when you are always trying to think about, you know, um, whether you're good enough or, you know, the inner child start messing with you, start doing infantile things, uh, you know, I'm just reaching out to all the people because that have been sexually abused because that energy sticks with you until you heal it. And it's not a healing again. And, and a lot of people think that when you do EFA, when you do an LG, you automatically healed and move forward. But it's a process. And I'm glad that you brought that out, Olaya, that it is a process. You know? Absolutely. It's a necessary, you know, um, it, it's, it's a misnomer to actually think that, um, the minute that we have the ashe of Arisha or Ifa that that makes us automatically heal. What it does is it brings light, an internal light that actually gives uh, a, a essence of pushing out your issues. Mm-hmm. In other words, the truth is actually uh, you're aligned to that and. You are either going to fight to push those issues back in or you're going to allow that light to let them come out and be exposed so that you can deal with them. See, we all have the the capacity 
to to heal ourselves with Ifa and Arisha's help. And that help can extend to uh, finding good therapists that are also culturally competent or finding uh, a, a good priest that has a really strong background in understanding the nuances of Wede. Wede is the Yoruba word for uh, mental illness. And you got different levels of that and how to heal it. So those are some of the things that, you know, that we look at that light, that that energy, and we pray and hope that we're not fighting it, but that we're able to heal it. You know, if I have insecurities, um, and those insecurities come from me not feeling um, good enough or enough. And that comes from an unhealed aspect of being raped as a child. Then Ifa gives and pushes that energy out so that I can see it, that it's no longer, I'm no longer hiding it, that I'm actually seeking for help to heal that aspect of my life as aspect of my mentality. Those are things that that, that Ashe will help with. It also gives us permission to say, we ain't okay. That's another aspect of it. It it can say, I'm not okay, I got to heal from this particular issue in my life. How do I do it, Ifa? And Ifa gives you the guidelines on how to do it. And that priest that's helping you, the guidelines on what role, what elbow, what things are needed, what conversations are needed to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a responsibility on behalf of the priest that does cast the Odu. I do play football. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like I said, it's we're past the day when we have to go into uh, spiritual uh, conversations rather than having some hardcore uh, real talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the mat about what's, what hurts you, mm-hmm. okay? And that's, you know, those are some of the things that we're looking at. That's That's right. That's healing the calabash. Yes, it is. That's healing the internal work of the infrastructure of the relationship between our world and uh, those who come to our world to priest. Thank you. It is a responsibility. Can't just take the money and burn pots. (laughs) Just can't do that. Yeah. It is an experience. Extremely, extreme responsibility, and we're at a place where we actually have to um, be highly, you know, to be extraordinarily more diligent about that responsibility. Sure. We have an ethical and moral responsibility as priests mm-hmm. to be healers. And not 
of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that's a whole other topic. Yes, it is. Mother. Okay. <laughs> but you know, um, the thing that that I found is that as as a priest on the mat, I have to look at uh, pastoral counseling concepts integrated that are interdependent with Ifa and how to use that effectively with the people that come to me. Uh, for him, they, they have to have an expectation that, I'm one, I'm morally responsible, I'm ethically responsible, I'm theologically responsible. As as that person and um to bring about spiritual care along with mental health care because again, Ori's our our greatest God. Manny. Okay. And and how to make that intersection work with that person so that they are safe and they know that they the problem that they came to you for is going to be solved because that's the most important thing, no matter what it is. They got a problem, it's got to be solved. And if they, if the priests that are implementing that that solution, they have to be, it's not even a, just a skill set, it's important that they follow that criteria of being ethically, morally, spiritually, theologically responsible. And yes. Yes. So with that, with um Ia, what are you doing in Chicago? Did you just get there? Uh, yes, I've actually been here for a year, Ia Dupuy. Um, I'm in Elgin, actually, in the suburbs of Chicago. I've traveled to Chicago three times, and I was very sad of the poverty there. So I don't go into Chicago too much, but um, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for okay, now. Okay, because, you know, I was born and raised there, so. I saw that. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And so yeah, the poverty is there, and it's always had a marked uh, effect on on African and uh, Latin people there. But I think that there's another side to that, and I think that what has happened is, you know, uh, we used to say poverty has a smell. Banning. And what we have forgotten is how to intersect and interact with our back to our communities and bringing uh, that cultural paradigm of Africanism to both groups, okay? Because both of both groups, we are African people, all. And in bringing that, that, that uh, level of intersection and uh, one of the things that will help them heal will help heal poverty. Banny. Banny. Okay, I mean, Yoruba people have 
have one of the most powerful days of the week and Arisha that governs that day of the week, which is Monday, which is the day we do all banking on it. And her name is Arisha J. You know, and so there are things that we can bring in terms of lessons about how to, because wealth in a community to uplift that community is not just um, money. Mm-mm. It's understanding resources. It's understanding uh, how to utilize them to get the most out of your resources and to make your resources work for you. Bonnie. It's also like teaching. We have the ability to teach our people how to change their mind about being poor. Because if you think you're poor, you're going to always be poor. The day you elevate that is the day you stop being poor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the day you stop thinking in lack is the day you're going to be with resources and substance. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, you know, we actually have to do. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know one of the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. No, but in Chicago, yes, absolutely. That is something that must be done. You know, but we have to actually get in there. Yeah. Cuz I used to live right there on 41st, 421 East 41st Street. Mm-hmm. Right off the King's Drive. Mm-hmm. And um it's now become part of the Grand Boulevard area because it used to be the Grand Boulevard area where there was always uh, the black elite. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, and then right down the street is you know, marked, marked poverty because the projects are still there. Mm-hmm. So, but we can change. We can as as Orisha people, that's where we can do the best work. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to stop, for example, if we want to stop violence in our community, I've always said that there's a couple of things that we could do. We could always, the Babalows could feed and, and bring Odoo into the community Mm-hmm. Or, uh, as another priest had, had spoke to me of recently, um, those priests that have Oro can feed and celebrate Oro at night and sound it annually, and then a goon come out and dance in the daytime. That's right. Asking to bring the conflict to an end. Oro is that witch killer that will send those kind of evil spirits back into the void. Mm-hmm. Okay. A gungun is a is truly, you know, in Chicago, you got more gungun people than you have any other kind of priest. Oh, Benny, I'm 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 aware, and I just wanted to give thanks and and honor the chief of Jamu Ibaratu room. 
early in the 90s, actually, I was in Chicago for an Egungun, as well as um, being present as an Egungun priest to assist in the Egungun celebration. And um, it was at that time that I actually went to the Sabo Museum and pulled up the old Oyo, which I was very interested in because it spoke of women who reigned as queens. Um, but I'm 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 familiar with the Baba there, uh, Baba Dina, and um, the Iku Joko that was done for me in the early '90s, which I thought was very responsible when I was to be marked as Sean Go, and there was an Iku Joko that was done uh, at the advice of the Yasin Chiba Jama's wife, uh, so that they did not crown uh, the suffering that I had gone through as a child. And I'm thankful today. And the, actually, Professor Shunkunle was the master ceremonist that came from Panama. And, um, mm-hmm, called, I remember him. <laughs> yes, called the uh, initiation off to Shongo. And um, later, years later, I was, you know, uh, Shongo had given me to our Shun because there was a lot of witchy stuff going on uh, trying to block my destiny. So, um, yeah, I am. I do know about the Agungun Society there in Chicago. I probably should um, probably should reintroduce myself because that is my work. It is with Agungun, elevating the Agungun so that the uh, the spirits in IA, you know, the, the uh, souls of IA could connect uh, with the elevated spirits and not the lower spirits. I found also in Chicago and in all of the... Um, the places where our people are at, um, as far as they say, the 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 hood or the community, um, our people are suffering from a mental illness, and I find that to be a lot of it is called caused because of chemical imbalances, as well as being disconnected from their spirit, their cultural souls. And um, I'm thankful that you are here that has uh, studied this because this is absolutely. Um, my area now that I'm studying because I was actually put in a mental institution as an Agungun priest. And mm-hmm. um, the the paperwork uh, that the children's father presented uh, said that she talks to her dead brother and she cut herself. And at that time, people in my village was celebrating Thanksgiving, visiting their families, so no one was there to say, hey, those cuts come from a you know a sacred initiation uh and she is a medium she you know this is who she is as a priest of the custodian of this ancient tradition so i had to stay there for 2 weeks and um and then a year i had to take the medicine for a year which caused my egos to be displaced and i'm still gathering them back and um i do know that there are irresponsible priests because i have been a witness and i've been unfortunately a victim of irresponsible priests calling down old dudes and not doing proper eyeballs that the old dude called for. And That's I'm thankful so for the queen mother there, for real, for real, because she actually gave me my faith back in Ifa. And so, um, yes, and, and the queen mother here right now has really given me uh, a faith in Ifa because I didn't know that we had Ifas that was, you know, as yourself, um, elite in this uh, in this sacred society, which is also a part of our uh, journey. Ifai asks us to uh, become a full hand, you know, have both hands of Ifai. And so we're looking forward to that as well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think that, you know, 
one of the things that that I found when we start talking about um, the responsibility, the ethics, and what we can do. Um, and I've, this isn't the first time I've talked about it. I've talked about it to other community people there and community people here. There's there's rituals and things that we can do with the uh, me, those of us that are members of Oboni, there are things that we can do. There's things that, you know, there are rituals and rites and things that we can do. But we always have to do so with guidance. Um, what I've learned is, is that if we really want to stop a thing, then we really have to put it in, in our purview and say we're going to do this that we can talk about it from now until never. We can make everyone aware. But from a ritualistic and practical point of view, we actually have to be willing to step out and say, you know what, this actually has to happen. And I'm willing to take up the, not only the responsibility for all that that entails to make it happen. And that's actually what we actually have to do now, We're to become aware. But if you're tired of seeing uh, funerals paraded across the Internet and uh, and the news media, then we're going to, and it's attacking our children. Mm-hmm. Or there are members of our community who have uh, died because of mental illness, and nobody actually heard them or heard them enough to say, I'm going to do something about this and put one foot in front of the other and do so. Until we're able to do that, we're going to continue to have a sick community. We've got to put our feet and our hands in, in a position of action. Because we keep talking about it, but we got to do something. Because, it's, mm-hmm. you know, this year is uh, Edie Bamey is the oldest. It came in Ayewo for Ija, for fight. And mm-hmm. it was successfully turned around for Yoruba people. Um, and the thing is, is that the most fighting that I've seen has come right in our own community. Okay? We have seen more women die at police hands and more children die. Our teenagers, our young people dying, our elder men are, you know, people are dying. And it's an unnecessary death because it's things that we can do about it and at least to slow it down. That's right. You know, we had one year where we had uh, a Turpan Koso as the old dude. And for several years, um, the holy mothers of the night, the elders of the night, had to be fed um, because things were not right in our communities. Things were not right. And that was the one year that it said that um, you can know what you know. You can know the truth. 
You can call, you know that man over there is a slave, and you can call him a slave. He's pretending to be a king. And you know he's a slave. But you're the one that's going to get hurt and ostracized and maligned for telling the truth. And we had that kind of energy going through that year. Uh, You do the elbow, but you pick and choose the appropriate time to tell the truth so it will have the most impact on Mm -hmm. the people that you're telling the truth on. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And with Edie Bamey this year, as it's getting ready to close in another week or so, Another by another two weeks, if that. We're going to have a new old dude. And that new old dude, God, uh, God Almighty, <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be. But we need to really be in the act of prayer right now. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so that we have mercy. On our families We've had more deaths this year than, And it's impacted us And if you don't think That that's important If people don't think that's important They better hold on to their children They better hold on to the people that they love Because it is important And we can do something about it It's a choice no more throwing it under the carpet. <laughs> no mm-hmm. more. Well, here's here's the deal: is if we don't get the cooperation of all, we get the cooperation of some. Mm-hmm. You know, and so in Chicago, you got you got priests, you got female priests up and down the the walkway there, and mm-hmm. all across the country. Okay. That there are things that women themselves can do without waiting for anybody to tell them what to do. That's right. That's right. Okay. We can fix our stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should. And that's what we want to look at. Can we fix our stuff? You know, it's uh, one of the things I loved about, you know, Chief Ajama taught me something. Um. <laughs> Man, years ago, about taking water on a full moon night and going with my breast bare mm-hmm. and invoking that water, okay, uh, writing Edgy Oak Bay on the water. I shall do well. And, yes. <laughs> Ron or the red watio and shade the other phone and let you know be seen. All the while, run at you, yeah. Ron or the red watio and boy, the quarter ninu iparu no both in your me from the one song no umbo bo ashay. And I'm asking the Lord to heaven to invoke this water to eliminate confusion. Mm-hmm. And sickness and hurt. And when you're holding that above the earth and your breast to the moon, 
And then you take that water and you pour it and pray to the earth. And you're invoking the earth at the same time. You're invoking your motherhood, your wound, okay? You're telling the earth that these breaths that I have fed the world with, I need things to change right here, right now. And I'm asking the earth, I'm asking Osupra to help me. Okay. Okay? I love it. It's a powerful, powerful means on which to make change in your life. Oh, I do pray for sharing. Yeah, I do pray. Chief Ajamui, Baratun. He's still walking the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We're so thankful. So that's just, you know, something we can do. You know? And that's what we have to look at. What can we do? We definitely have to... uh, Get our ancestors honored because definitely it's been generations of rape, of of just desperation of spirit and soul, but thousands of them, thousands of them are supporting all of us to do the best that we can on the planet for the children. Because if they're coming back in, what sense does it make for them to come back to a world that's going to lose them again? Mm-hmm. So we have to shut it down. And we have to allow the secrets to not be secret so that we can quash the whole, uh, I would say it's a, it's not a approval in a tangible sense, but it's intangible approval because by us not saying things for these secrets, we are promoting exactly. more secrets, more abuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we have to come together and we are definitely going to talk with you about how we can uh, organize uh, um, something on the, uh, you know, level of community to um, add the, the, the energy with the earth and uh, the spirit of people to give us mercy because we are heading Head wall. Mm-hmm. We are toppling down, and you know it's going worse and worse because even when children are agreeable, which they can never be agreeable because they're not adults, to sexual abuse, it is wrong. You know, and and I'm thinking about that party. 
makes it a greater, you know, a greater, the um, greater sense to me. A lot in our culture, because we are a voodoo people and we have the powers to uh, not manipulate but to call along and conjure up that you have those who have uh, adopted, you have no good without evil, some that have adopted the evil way of using Orisha and has caused fear in those who they uh, petition themselves on or position themselves with an inappropriate sexual matter. That could be a sister going to get a bath and, you know, a spiritual bath, and she trusts her uh, Petrina or she trusts her Bible Ocean, and then she finds herself in a sexual uncompromising situation. And so then she fears because this is also her priest, her voodoo priest, as well as children uh, being uh, molested and raped in the ART community. And um, the children have fear, and they grow up with the fear, and then you see it happening in their 
and their children's lives. And I've watched this, unfortunately. I've watched it in two generations of priests in the ATR community. And at some at some point, I did make a stand, and I continue to uh, stand in my uh, in my. Sometimes I feel like I'm standing alone, but I stand in my knowing that this cannot continue in a culture that is to be healing. Ifa is to bring us good character, you know, help us to ascertain our higher selves. Is not to use Ifa to manipulate and sexually, spiritually abuse people. And I, I, I find that that has been very prevalent. And I've been a baby again. Been 19 years since I've been in a Google priest, and I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot that um, I wouldn't say that I would have experienced if I wasn't, you know, in this uh, in this in this culture. And it's very sad. You know, it's very sad. We don't expect to be hurt by those we trust and by those we put our all in all. Especially we who are born here, you know, in the in in, in North America. Once we find Africa or fine culture, we think it's paradise. You know, we we put all our guards down. But um, unfortunately, we we was actually, you know, reinfected is what I call. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah. There's a time that, as you know, with the information and the knowledge that we have, when is it time for us to actually tell someone if someone, even as an adult. Is and I understand the fear factor because it is real. We have something that's a little bit different uh, of a paradigm that is more insidious in that they can use metaphysical means or psychic means in which to hurt someone or to make someone believe that they could be hurt. But here's here's the deal. Truth. Truth is the face of Oludumare. When is it okay for us to tell our women and tell our children if someone, even if they are a priest, if they are approaching you, voicing anything inappropriate, sexually, sexual overtones, anything like that, you can say no and walk the hell away from there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. You know, it, it's it's simple and it's hard, but it can be done. We have to empower our people to say, you know what, you may get mad and that's okay, but what you're doing and what you're saying to me is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. You cannot use me against me. Yes. Mm-hmm. You cannot use Ifa that is one of the most beautiful, most in in involving and powerful system against me for your whims, for your libido. You're not gonna do that to me. We have to do that empowerment. We have to tell them it's okay. It's okay. If someone is well, I don't care if it's a female or a male. That's right. If they're coming to you with inappropriate language in the capacity of being a servant of right. Oludumare, a servant of Ifa, a servant of Arisha, 
and they're coming at you telling you anything that is sexually inappropriate, you have the right to get up and walk away from them. Okay. It's really that it's really just that simple. And that act will give you and other people, other men, other women, other children the power to have that ashe in them too, to have the courage to say, No, you're not gonna hurt me like that. Okay? That's you know, we get to a place where we don't want to say to to a priest, look, well, yo, know, he's 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 part of that boys club. Mhm. And that boys club is going to that ostracize me and keep me from working. No, they don't have that kind of power. Only mm-hmm. only Dumare and Ifa have that kind of power. Sure. Okay. So we have to get to a place where we are no longer afraid Mm -hmm. to speak, okay? And we have that. We actually have that. And it's, you know, but we have to teach it to other people too. Okay, and when we do... We will be able to empower so many more people, yeah. and and helping them to to grow, and to yeah. stop this this mess that's going on in our community. Yeah, because okay. it's not cultural, it's not custom, it is not ifa. Hmm. It's it's. When when people are doing that, that's not cultural. That's booty call. Exactly. Okay? That ain't got nothing to do with culture. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with people using their own predilections mm-hmm. and their own desires, how base they are. Mm-hmm. For their own self aggrandizement. Mm-hmm. Okay? Ain't no way in the world I'm going to trust the priest that's going to hit on me while I'm sitting down for a dafa. Exactly. You can't tell me anything. Exactly. I got to tell. Okay? Exactly. You know, right. because it's the only thing you can, you, you're, pos- you're really not listening to Ifa. Mm-hmm. You listen to your stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we have to be able to empower people and say, look, if somebody brings that to you, and I don't care who it is. That's right. Okay? He, she, whoever can be stopped. Period. And it's not even if they got an elder, okay? There was a time when we could actually take our complaints to an elder and the elder would actually talk to them. Your mm-hmm. first complaint don't go to an elder. Your first complaint goes to Ifa. 
I if you got a handle V five, you got an A shoe, you got something. Or if you don't have not even a leke, you if you have to go to the four corners and holler, something's gonna hear you. Your ancestors are gonna hear you. Sure. Yes. You're not you're not supposed to come in into any holy setting and be afraid for someone to violate you sexually and then to intimidate you into right. silence. Please. No. That is what they do. So we have you know, we have mechanisms in place. And if they are, you know what I'm telling you. Social media and other things can make or break, a, you know, a lot of things. But mm-hmm. if I can break more. <laughs> I share. Ekosoro. Ekosoro. We salute your word, your wisdom. Queen Mother, thank you. Well, Queen Mother, please, we have like 10 minutes left. Please give us your uh, contact information for the listeners. Because um, people have to know Arisha Ifa is not for people, individual sexual pleasures. It's not meant for priests to get their women collection of women from trying to be their baba. Because (laughs) it's not father that... um, Sweet with his God's order is breaking a moral code because mm-hmm. you cannot be connected with people that um, want your sexual energy or want to be in control of you. And mm-hmm. even if that person is looking to make you their wife or whatever, that's still into that. But I'm sorry, let me stop for box office and soapbox in here. Let you finish giving your uh, contact information. Okay. Real. Mm-hmm. you heard me? Oh, for me? Okay. Um, all right. Elaine Wong Song, A Room in the Mimo Temple. Um, let's see. There's a number of places that you can get in touch with us. But one is on Facebook, one is on Ning. We have a web page, ilewonsonroomlemimotemple.com. And the temple number here is 623-849-7179. And that's between the hours because we actually do have office hours between Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Nine to five, Monday through Friday, and if we're having worship services, uh, we usually put it on the message board to let people know that we're actually having message service or we're having an event. Okay. In Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. under the desert sky and the the full moon. <laughs> Beautiful. So, we must come and visit you, Queen Mother. Oh, come down and come on and visit, honey. Yes. <laughs> uh, the summer down here is extremely hot. Very. But we, you know, it's it's a decent place. 
and um, yeah, we we have. Now we don't always. We have services, and we have initiations here. We have. Um, well, our, our model is to worship always. So that's what we teach is worship and then the fundamentals of how to worship. Mm-hmm. And it's an Ifa house, and it's also an Oboni house. Oh, Ashe, that is my people. They're from the Oboni of southwestern Nigeria, the Olusheguns, which is another uh, one of our markings of Ifa that we must join Oboni as well as Ifa. And we wanted to ask the Queen Mother, do you perform initiations for Iyanifa? We We perform initiations for all people. We have Babalaos and Iyanifas that work here and that we bring in from Nigeria as well. Oh, beautiful. Oh, okay. Excellent. I know where I'm I'm going to receive our Iyanifa. (laughs) I do pray. I thought I had to go all the way to Yoruba land. <laughs> well, that too, but it, we do have it down here. Beautiful. So we've been doing that for some time. Beautiful, beautiful. We we would love to know the particulars of the uh, the fees and all of that which is entailed because I'm serious about it. That's a focus point for us right now. Okay. I do play all. Well, we definitely, definitely love you, and we yes. love your energy and Thank the, you. the the purity of your spirit. And we definitely want to ask you to come back and to really get into some of the programs, like I was reading about your youth program that, that appears to be a excellent model for healing because you get the kids, you go to the lab. You train them to be our roles. I mean, there's nothing better than that for a teen, especially Zora. Thank you. And we have to replicate that, like, templex it in all the city and states as we uh, envision IO's healing house in city and states. And we would love to uh, to know more about the ES youth program. I wasn't aware. I've read it, but yes, we we would definitely love that. That would be, you know, we had um, a uh, young man who came, who comes down. Up until he was uh, twenty-one, um, every year his parents would send him down here uh, to work on the land mm-hmm. and to. Um, Usually what we did was at the end of, with with the kids that came here, at the end of the cycle, they actually earned their own EFA, so they were able to get oh, a hand wow. of wow. Oh, that is wonderful. Ekusoral. Oh, I love it. That is wonderful. Excellent. I'll so say, that's yeah. the reason why we had started that, because at the end of that, the children would be able to, Grow, they would be able to learn. They would, you know, they would be working, and and our kids were troubled because they had um, substance abuse issues as well, which is part of the mental illness. 
So that was one of the programs that we had here for a long period of time. So, and I can I can actually say that 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 one I was mentioning has actually he's now um, substance abuse free. Beautiful. And um, he's he's doing his best. He's working. You know, and he's still working That's with his ifa. Oh, wonderful! That's it. That's the template. Because our children, the children, they need ifa. They need to hear what they came here to do, so that they will it recollects as they're on their journey. And I, as my children who receive ifa at an early age, I saw the difference. Yes, it definitely is a difference. And it also saves their life. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what we're talking about is to save their life. Bad me. I mean, that's what we need. We need to get a network of the organizations that are doing good work. Instead of reinventing the wheel, we replicate the program, just really cater it, modify it for the different communities. Absolutely. I do pray. I say. So, this has been an inspiring yes, show. It gives us a perspective of health and treatment and solutions, and that's what we need, and that's what we're about. I thank you so much for joining us this week, and I hope we can get you back. We also Hmm. have many, many sisters and queens queens that have um, all kinds of solution-based things for healing, child sexual abuse, Mm-hmm. Getting the trauma of it and dealing with our inner child. And I just yeah. want to give you thanks. So, Queen O'Shea, mm-hmm. okay. do you have anything to say? Uh, I'm just very thankful, and we give thanks to the Queen Mother uh, there, her ancestors, her Ori. We thank you, and we look forward in meeting with you. And, um, again, Akushé, Akusoro, we are so blessed to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It has been a delight being here tonight. Well, it has been edifying, which is always what we are trying to accomplish, education, information, wisdom, and divine guided, you know. And that's 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 what we we are about. I say. I say. So I wanna thank all the listeners. We love you. We want you I to continue to look at people how to worship page, our sexual abuse in um what's the name of your page? Sexual abuse in um children, right? Speaking so, American community. We also have Mad Mothers and Fathers Against Sexual Abuse. I say. 
And we continue to thank you for your support and for your love. And we look forward to talking to you again next week, same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, same time. Okay. Okay, same, same, same uh, people. Let us uh, and and come back in uh, one piece and not in pieces. I say. I say. I'm sorry, you said Odabo? Yes, <laughs> yes. you said Odabo. Then the Odabo, Maria. Unity that brings us together. Umoja.